0: Winter, spring, summer, fall. Seasons changed. We still keep it together. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep, episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host. Charles I mean, Roven. Did I say that? that
1: was this thing about the, the, the real person, and we going what? We get rid of this guy.
0: Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks trust, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests and all your questions live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh yeah. Well, here we are back with the originals. We are here all together uh, for the Beverly Hills 90210 show, Charles Rosen and Larry Mullen together. Uh, Charles, how's everything in in Venice? You got to this past week meet Canadians. That must have been uh, really exciting. Two of our fans, one that's in the intro there, Kristen McIsaac and Kelly Parker. Uh,
2: What was that like for you? Well, uh, we went to Jelena for breakfast, Larry. The- and it, and I have to tell you something. I, have you, it is the best breakfast. It's like yeah. they, it, it's Venice's version of being in the polo lounge in huh. Beverly Hills. It's not quite as expensive. If there's somebody out of town that you want to just have a nice morning with, it is really delicious. You know, you're out in the patio.
1: So you're not talking about you're talking about Giusta or Jelena?
2: Jelena. Wow. Uh, the, the, on right oh, okay. there on Abbot cool. Kinney because, because it was closer walk to our wow. house. Yeah, you know, sure. So we went there. Well, cool. that's cool. I never thought about that for breakfast. That's why that I had great. to bring it up. We had a good time. I made sure we walked by the Venice Public Library so they could both see what it's like to have oh, 65, God. I think the count this week is 65 different tents and encampments uh in you're, in, their, you're, in our you're a strong man you're a strong man <laughs> yeah well the odor was was very prevalent everywhere and uh what else getting the water's getting a little warmer I and so. i'm afraid it's uh, gonna have to either buy a new wetsuit or uh, make up some other excuses <laughs> <laughs> gotta get back in that water i think um so that's and, um, you know, uh, missing you uh, there, you on the UB East Coast guy. I miss you, too. I miss everybody there. I miss you, too. Catching up, I was glad
1: to catch up some of the political stuff, which we won't go into now, but I need to get the local, uh, you know, Chuck is
2: a warrior out
1: there right now. It's
2: The season goes to June 7th, so, we're you know, we're trying to drive home a vote. June 7th, yes. In fact, when this is over, I'll go back to my version of 8-Ball. We're going after the eight city council members. And we have eight reasons why they should not be for the Venice Medians. So, I, all I got to do is write it, you know. But uh, I don't, unfortunately, I'm not working for a tough. Uh, I'm, I'm not working for a tough showrunner, so I keep procrastinating, you know. <laughs> right. Baseball's on the well, air. I was, say, I was gonna say the Dodgers have an
1: amazing team. I guess so.
2: You know, yeah, I'll, I'll accept when they play the, the uh the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> uh, hey Larry, uh, you
0: know, you're on the east coast and you told me that you had you had suffered a small injury. This, oh, this-
2: yeah,
1: I didn't. I was telling Pete, uh, I had a dance injury. I went to a reggae fest and uh, you know, we were dancing, and it was a kind of a gravelly floor. And then today I went to the gym and I my leg like gave out, like I had some kind of a you know, in dance injury. I got to figure out what it is. I probably got to sit there, sit it out for a couple of days. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so I was ailing a bit today. Well, a, from the right. reggae I, show, I, I got to keep up. Reggae. Yeah, the reggae show was great. It's well,
2: starting, you know, we we, we don't I like tals, We don't like reggae. We love it.
1: <laughs> we love <laughs> reggae. Always no, great fun. You know, it's You know, it was great. It was a great festival with you know Jamaicans, uh, African Americans from Oak Bluffs. Everybody there was a really groovy scene. No active shooters.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> that's great to hear. That's good news. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Chuck Kelly and Kristen told me uh they told you that they had never had locks before. And that was uh that was surprising to you. It was surprising to me when when they told me that they had never had locks.
1: Oh, well that that's how that's how <laughs> Jews get out of prison. They eat
2: locks. <laughs> i've never heard that Um, (laughs) yeah it was really okay the one from alberta i'll give you a pass right calgary but but toronto and you've never had locks i know please what what part of the city were you living in you know it's also (laughs) not not clearly not forest hills but
0: but you know
1: (laughs) the best locks is nova scotia it's Canadian. That's
0: right. I mean, by, come on. By it's brand. What are so, we doing? Yeah, that's here. kind of
1: surprising. But yeah. you know, God bless uh, uh, Kelly and uh, and Kristen. We we love
0: them. They made the long trip. They got to see some nine hundred two and They visited the, they got the beach house where nothing was shot and they and they <laughs> you know nothing was filmed there except for a couple handful of couple things. Uh, but they they had a great time. They went to Torrance. I saw they met up with Lisa and Melanie came up. So it looks like they had a, a great time. We're running tours now, right? So come on out, meet everybody. You know. <laughs> uh and we'll put you in a vacation package this week um
2: <laughs> just make sure of sure melanie's availability first
0: <laughs> exactly all right let's talk about this uh this episode of 90210 i thought because of everything that had happened last week with the active shooter you referenced that um i thought we would cover something gun oriented in the world of Beverly Hills 90210 there's a couple of things we could have picked we could have went all the way back to the incident with uh with uh, steve and uh, with um Scott and David, but there's another one here in season four where we're both at, where Dylan uh, gets carjacked. And I thought that was a good place to start. So, um larry you wrote this episode called um Moving Moving Targets. Targets. Yeah, yeah i
1: was fortunate to, to write that um know, yeah, it was coming off the, the carjacking episode which i can't remember the name of that episode but yeah we were going to spin you know dylan into into a real la you know paranoid fantasy this is what was going on again in la right that that day carjackings were going on it was a thing and uh you know dylan you know if, you know, he's he's been going through a rough patch here. He's been drinking a bit, and all, it's all kind of falling apart for him a bit. And he's losing Kelly, and uh, his state of mind is not great after the carjacking. And we send him into the world of guns, and it's uh, interesting. uh Some, you know, especially we, we'll talk about whatever you want, but you know, the, the, the gun laws changed. Obviously, that was the thing I I took from watching this episode. Again.
0: In the previous episode, "Strangers in the Night." Dylan, the, the 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 Dylan needs to buy a new car because his old car, the, the Speedster, is not is not working. This is what the premise is, and he goes and buys. Jim Walsh advises him not to buy something pricey and whatnot, and he does. He goes that does the total opposite of what Jim Walsh asks him to do. Uh, what I loved about that in The Stranger of the Night, the the, the mechanic is um, this guy from Three's Company, uh, the, the 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 cook from Felipe. Because you also had the other guy from Three's Company as well. The Carson's father is is also
1: Peter Mark Richman. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was a little Three's Company reunion. Okay, so Chuck, what is your thoughts on the previous? Go walk
2: out my door. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is your thoughts on the Strangers in the Night thing about him going and getting this uh, fancier car?
2: You know, it it it's funny because the, the, oddly enough, the number one car. That was uh, has always been, uh, um, you know, that that the cars that have been hijacked, you would think they would be, oh, they're going after the Bentley or they're going after a Rolls or something. But in, you know, it, it's always been, you get the car and you take it across the border. And the cars that were most wanted were, and Dave will uh, will confirm that, were American muscle cars. That's what they you know, were, were, you know, wanted in Juarez or whatever, you know, the Tijuana or, or wherever the cars were were being broken down and, and redistributed. So um, I think that that was just, uh, you know, that, that passage is just, you know, again, theatrics, don't buy an expensive car just to give them some, you know, just some conversation because as Larry points out, in that period of time 93 94 when when this episode was was con- produced and, and conceived uh you know we were uh inundated with carjackings in los angeles we we had a lot of crime we're right now talking about public safety and homelessness and things here in la relative to public safety but you know the the murder rate was was astronomical Uh, in this period of the 90s. It was just a lot of gang action, including uh, in my, you know, beloved uh, Venice Beach. And um, so I don't think it really was. So it it just was part of the culture. And it gave us a chance, again, to address guns, not specifically in a gun accident, but as Larry says, the, the gun culture and the the notion being that the only way that I'm going to be safe is if I have a gun in the house mm-hmm. um, uh, and the gun in that we use in these episodes, the ones that Dylan gets in this ashton comes back in and is used in season five, too. Right. Larry? I think. He finds it he finds it in the desk drawer, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So we've kept this uh with this particular gun stories alive because it's a part of urban living and ours is a urban uh show. You know, you know, I was thinking when we were talking about the, the car thing, because again,
1: if you drove a fancy car, you likely would be a target. The same way, unfortunately, now, and Chuck can attest to this. I know my wife now does not wear good jewelry when we go out to eat. Because we're afraid of attracting attention. Mm. Do you find that, Chuck, or no?
2: Well, right now, uh, I, well, you know what I hear about Larry. I thought you might be going. Is you know, where you go out with the fancy car, they don't they don't take you on the street like that anymore. And you know, open the door, we're oh. kicking you out, and we're driving away. We're going to follow you oh, to you your home. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. And yeah. um, that particularly was even going on in this era, because. Um, you know, Hancock Park is a is a real beautiful part of Los Angeles that I know that Karen and I, for for years, looked for houses there. We thought we wanted to live there. And as soon as the Rodney King riot happened, we're saying, no, no, we're not going to live here anymore because you're, you are you were pretty isolated. And a lot of those, let's follow the car to the driveway, um, it, it goes on in that mid city mm. where you can do a quick getaway. Um, so I think that, I think people are concerned. I think the biggest change I've seen relative to crime in Los Angeles and and, uh, in over in the last two years relative to homelessness is that almost nobody walks their dog after dark. Mm. And and the L.A. I grew up in in Carthay Circle right there in the Fairfax district near the L.A. County Museum everybody in my neighborhood that's where you'd see people at night you know and and have conversations with people as, as you were walking the dogs at night
0: all right let me show you the scene here that ends strangers in the night
2: Sucker.
0: So, I mean, that, 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 and that, and then we go to black after that, that's where we end the episode. Uh, so well, scary. Yeah.
2: We don't, we, we have one more moment. We, we do go to black, but then a name comes up Yes, and then we end <laughs> that episode. Uh,
0: that's true. Yes. That's your 50%. name, your name comes, Charles Rosen comes up. Yes.
1: Um, all right. So there's some well, stuff would you about that episode. I wanted, that was nicely done. Uh, I, Yeah, that's a shocking kind of moment. That's you know again we were showing. You
2: want to check that out?
0: You know what? It's it's James Eckhouse. "Strangers in the Night" is directed by James Eckhouse, It says here according to IMDb, which is well,
2: James is a fine director, and why he got didn't get more assignments as a uh, a working director in Hollywood, I will not know Mm. because he was a very good director. Are are the three that we did together is proof of that?
0: I mean, this is great. This ending is really great. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, I
2: mean, again, that's really showing... You know, LA well, I think that I, we, we can't really look at that scene without me um, bringing up the controversy that we had because Aaron did not want to cast a black man with a gun robbing a car. Um, maybe that was you know, to say, well, you know, yes, I didn't put any in the main cast, but I did have a black man uh, with a gun rob a car. He didn't want that conversation to happen. But, you know, the truth is, is what happened is um, you take a job away from a black actor when you don't let him play a, a criminal, um, mm-hmm. if, if, if the part. And we always tried to go colorblind, and it was also including in, in this, uh, for this part. So I believe we cast someone in mixed race. I couldn't tell the ethnicity no, in I that scene. You know. They made it, kept it very dark, and that I believe was the point.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, Larry, do you remember that 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 as well? What Chuck just talked about? The cast? Yes, oh. yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Was, we, those know, were we always, just we, the conversations
2: we, you had with Aaron. You know, yeah. he'd be worried. He would talk to his housekeeper, and she would tell him the truth. And okay. You have to then go from there.
0: Yeah, um, and so it is resolved, right? You guys pick this thing, and this is a great watching the scene. James does a great job here, and now we're going to come into the next week. And what we started with when we did the watch long, and Larry, you watched it, I'm sure, um, is that now he's looking to find his car, right? I think that's what he's where he's going. He's looking at the uh, going to talk to a cop, and now he's becoming <clears> upset <throat> with with guns right
1: yeah i mean uh no just his state of mind we were really working on his state of mind now he's you know uh, you know as, as it starts building through the episode it really comes out with the scenes with kelly you know where he just talks about you know about if you live in la if you don't have a gun you, you there's a chance better chance of being a victim in a gun incident than, than a car accident and he kind of starts you know just pushing that whole agenda there and you can see he's kind of uh it affected him. You see, you see, I guess it's a post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome in a certain way.
2: I think that's a good way to, to look at it, too. I think that it is, uh, you know, a car. They always talk about that. I mean, that's the safe space for L.A. people. We live in our cars. That's why Los Angeles is by far the number one uh, radio market. It's not New York City. It's Los Angeles because people are driving from, from here to there. And it really, you know, we when we were in the East Coast recently, we went to see uh, a young actor friend of ours. Hannah's brother Jonah was uh, the lead of a uh, of a musical in that was playing in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Nice. Uh, which is uh, where Rutgers is there. Mm-hmm. And anyway, you know, it's so we there. took we got a car from the was- West Side to take it there. And it took us about 45 minutes. Probably about just as far as it would take me to drive to Encino, you know, or or another place that LA people just take for granted. Everybody's going to say, "Well, we're going out to see New Brunswick." You're going out to New Brunswick? It was, it was this? we were going to Des Moines, Iowa? No, like
0: do that. I know? Yeah,
1: yeah it, it is. F-
2: oh, no, it's just not that far. You know, it's a hike. It's a little it's bit up up a
0: of hike. a hike. Yeah. Island,
1: it's up Island for us. That's twenty minutes. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Did,
0: was it good? Did you enjoy uh, New Brunswick?
2: Yeah, and I enjoyed the show, too. It was a, a Walk on the Moon on the movie about Woodstock. And they, oh, that's a great movie. I love that. We saw, yeah. the, we saw the original in San Francisco about right before the pandemic, and uh, let's just put it this way. They revamped the entire script and only brought one actor back, and it was Jonah, So, oh, and he was great. terrific, and it was a good experience. Uh, yeah. uh, so is he playing the Viggo Mortensen part? or no, he plays the Lee Schreiber part. He plays the the, the working class hus- oh. Jewish husband. Yes, great. Mm. Love Jonah.
0: All right, let's look at the gun gun range here, because Dylan. Well, and also he goes and talks to Jim Walsh, and he has that really great scene with Jim Walsh, where he says, you know, where he's where he's you know, and Jim Walsh has become this like father figure to Dylan in the in this season, and they're getting they're getting along. For the most part, and you know he's he's worried about. Of
2: course they are. He's not stripping his daughter anymore. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, and then he takes Kelly to he takes Kelly uh, to the gun range. Before Kelly Kelly's dealing with a lot in this episode too. I'm just going to veer off topic real quick because I pulled another scene. Uh, Kelly's also dealing with this.
2: Hi Dave, Donnie, You look great. Thanks, Mel. Hey, Dad. Hi, Nina.
1: Who's Nina? You know, working out or something? You look big,
2: nice and buff. Well, it's Nina's doing. She's a fitness fanatic. Where's my little darling?
1: I assume you don't mean me.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't think you'd still be here. Nina, this is uh, Jackie, Aaron's mother. And don't you forget it. Jackie, you're just making this worse than it is. Oh, I am, huh? Well, tough. Have a nice weekend. You certainly started mine out right.
1: Crankery.
0: Uh but, so, <laughs> just, that's,
2: what, love, that's what that's what I love that that look to, that that, that Tori uses all the time it's that look of uh, I don't know these people but I love
0: Mel bringing his girlfriend to the apartment and the line uh uh, where's my little darling because he's talking about Aaron and uh, Jackie coming out and saying I assume you're not talking about me I mean just classic uh, stuff classic. happening there
1: yeah i surprised Matthew hasn't called to thank us in, in retrospect
2: for giving him a day with that gal.
0: Whew. Nina looks really good. Yeah. You
2: look what's happened to me. That your kind of thing, Pete. Where, where's Nina today? What I don't you know. know. Yeah, I don't.
0: Really? Where's
2: Nina? You <laughs> let us down.
0: I know. I should really try to get her and talk about this time that she walked on and didn't even... I don't even think she had a line. You know what I mean? I don't no, don't think she, yeah,
2: she had a
1: very nice smile. <laughs> All
0: right. So Dylan takes Kelly... Right after that, he takes Kelly to the gun range. Your turn. Sorry, you know I'm for
1: gun control. Yeah, well, if you want to control your gun, use both hands. Come on, you'd be a fool not to learn this.
0: No, don't call me that.
1: Kelly, there are two million handguns in Los Angeles alone. How soon for them is pointed at you? Now come on, do one clip. It won't kill you. There you go. Get it like that. Square yourself up to the target like I did. Now just aim and squeeze the trigger.
0: It's gonna be loud, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but just expect it. The first one's always the worst. Where do I aim? Hit the target, go for the center. Uh, I can't do this. Hey, what do you want? you want to be a statistic? you want to be a victim? I mean, Kelly, the writing is spray-painted on the wall. You got about as much chance of taking a bullet as being in a car accident. Or am I not supposed to worry about that, huh? That's not my problem. I should let other people worry about you.
2: I'm worried about you.
1: Don't be. I'm getting pretty good at this.
0: I mean it's yeah. really
1: I, yeah. I had to go I just remembered uh, you know I, I did a research trip to what was called the Beverly Hills Gun Range. Do you remember this place, Chuck? Was over- I remember you went there. Yes, yeah, I do. It was by the old Resurrect, by uh, it was it was actually in West LA, it was not in Beverly Hills. Right. But it they had just, the name right. Beverly Hills Gun Club. And uh it was horrific. I mean I, I remember just because I you know, I'm not a gun person <laughs> and having to shoot the gun and how loud it was and just how annoying hearing other other stuff and I just the whole experience was just a terrible, but you know it was good fire to write it. At least you have a good feeling for that and what Kelly might be feeling, and, and what drives people, you know, to keep
2: doing it. The only gun range I've ever been to, actually, was the rifle range in Frontierland, <laughs> and i i didn't I didn't hit any. They didn't give me a prize, no. yeah. so I didn't hit enough things. So you know, I've never been a big gun.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is some intense stuff. And it's interesting, too, because we're talking about guns a lot over the last couple of weeks. And this is, again, one of those moments where 90210 is sort of, you know, ahead of the curve. This is probably something that we should not be talking about today, right? That this this There should be tough gun laws. There should be all this stuff.
2: Well, it's, <laughs> wait a second. It's June 1st, right? That's right. So what we should be doing is singing... June is busting what out is all over. Do <laughs> do 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 do. In the morning and day. peach going. Okay, what is that? What is yeah, I that? don't. This is this is a what reference. Is a I
0: don't even, even know. This is a. Larry
2: knows because he's an old theater man. Oklahoma, it's, it's Oklahoma. I think it's from okay. Oklahoma.
1: Okay,
2: uh, I was thinking carousel. Maybe carousel, yeah. Could be carousel, Yep. Yeah. Because they were the going other. to the carousel. Rogers yeah. and Hammerstein. Yes, I know you that. Know. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know them. Yeah. If I was making a documentary about like <laughs> Ashes or something or understudies, yeah. I would want to know about Rodgers I should
0: know, I should know that one. Yeah. yeah, I was in. I was in Oklahoma as a kid in, in high school. I think it was.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma! Weather, wind. Sound of Music. We did it too. To
1: I, I do have to say that I really like the line. When you're talking about gun control, he says you want gun control used to use two hands. That was a very
2: good. Point. <laughs> that was a really
1: good.
2: Point. But what? A, what? What is there? Could there possibly be a less romantic place to take anyone oh on a God. date? Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> just Dylan. And I have to say, uh, Dylan, Dylan,
1: Sarah, Sarah Dylan, Dylan.
0: does Dylan. pick some bizarre dates. Remember when he takes Brenda to get to go give blood?
1: blood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, you, gotta that
2: char- you gotta blame that on elizabeth Dole. uh you know it's uh, <laughs> charming yeah. it's charming though No, we that was
0: props. way more charming than the gun than yeah. the gun range yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah but and what's it
0: what's also happening at, at the back end of this stuff with dylan is his relationship to kelly is falling apart wow. right i mean they're, they're 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 having problems she's talking to john sears a lot which we we saw that at the campus and he's such a we we, we point i pointed out on the thing like how could you want to date john sears kelly you know what i mean but like he seems such a creep he's such a jerk and he comes across that way but this is also happening so him taking her to the gun range is nothing but just you know more fuel for the ending of the for the breakup yeah
2: although i did answer that when we did the watch along there i did say to him because you know john sears was beverly hills and so it's like it's still it's an insulated community and they knew each other's backstories, and they knew each other's friends, and it's it's you find that a lot. Uh, I find it on Facebook today, where people who are barely uh, uh, know each other um, are are you know, yeah, your family looks beautiful and great, and like this and like that. You know, it's just because they both went to Beverly Hills High School. Even if they didn't have a friendship or relationships, they still are. Uh, um, you know, feel comfortable to communicate with each other, even if someone's a louse, like in the in the case of Sears. Yeah, I mean, he also he's a good looking
1: guy. She obviously likes bad boys, and so you
2: know yeah. there's something and, there you and, know, for, and sort of she
0: likes to or... flirt your character likes to flirt, for sure for sure but also dylan is not someone that right now at this point that is like the perfect boyfriend material either so he's not been really focused on the relationship he's focused on guns his carjacking you know what i mean in a little bit we're gonna meet uh oh. kevin and suzanne so there's like he's he's primed for stuff happening to him
1: i mean the thing about this episode that really uh surprised me was it is it, it it carries over to the next one is when dylan now decides he's got to buy a gun and he's too young <laughs> like you can't buy a gun in california at this point uh, yeah this
0: was this was interesting because there was a whole check. Buy a
1: handgun he get the guy check we have a guy actually checking his thing of course the guy later on tells him where he can get a, a gun in the black market, unfortunately. Illegally. But right. we have the gun owner uh, there, and basically he checks his thing and he's too young to buy a handgun. Now,
2: has that law changed?
0: I, I was curious, I wanted to ask you guys about that because. Well, I mean, yes, 93,
2: 94. That's when the federal, you know, the, the gun law, and they were, you know, they were. There were yes, it was good that they banned the uh, assault weapons ban and that the Brady bill and certain of some of the elements that, are, that, that were there. Um, were, were put into that package conversely oh, wow. the um the, the tough sentence on crack cocaine as opposed to powder cocaine was also part of that bill which basically yeah, exactly. sends tens exactly. of thousands of black men to long yeah, prison yeah. terms yeah
0: so there was a whole background check you're right and then he also does get it he does get the gun from the black market that's where dylan gets his gun that that And then it causes in the next episode, which I'll show you this scene since we'll stick with the guns, uh, which is the big party, the big anniversary party. And Brandon evidently leaves the gift in Dylan's house. And this happens. And we're going to we'll break all of this down because this, believe it or not, this scene, I get a lot of questions about uh, people want to know about this particular scene. So I will ask you all those questions. But let's watch it first.
2: man what are you doing here what
1: am i doing here what are you
2: doing with a gun i'm protecting my home what, you, you even heard of a doorbell yes i've heard of a doorbell i rang the doorbell there was no answer i had to get my parents present i didn't see your car i came in my car's in the garage i was in the shower i almost shot you no kidding you almost shot me you ever hear of an alarm system it might be safer for you hey somebody ever comes up and sticks a gun through the window of your car in the middle of the night then you can tell me about it listen I know they stole your car. I know it was scary. I know your dad got blown away, but this isn't the answer, man. You're gonna kill somebody. You almost killed me. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just. I'm out of it, man. I don't know what I'm doing here. Just do me a favor, buddy, pal. Get rid of this thing. Stop playing cowboys and Indians. Yeah, Oh well, I. i just got one problem. What's that? How you get rid of a gun? me throw it off the pier. Take a ride tomorrow. Sure. But tonight, we got a party to go to. All
0: right. So let's. Uh, I want to talk about all of that. Um, the first thing that comes up when people watch that episode is: is what Brandon did. <laughs> Breaking into the into the house. Is that a normal way to get into
2: someone's house where you can't get the gift? Have- well, that's we got to get back to the gift. What was the gift? Ice sculpture? I mean, right. the, the truth is is that you're looking at it now. I mean, what will the parents do? Oh my god, we had the party and it was such a wonderful party, and Brandon and Brenda didn't bring the gift. Right. And I mean, he won like the whole party because they didn't bring the gift. What was Brandon thinking? I'll tell you what Brandon was thinking. He's Brandon was thinking that by breaking the window and having the gun and all of that, it would make for a really great promo reel when they're trying <laughs> to sell the episode. Because you're absolutely right for me, Larry. Looking back at this in 2020, this is a bullshit manufactured scene, so we could have that conversation.
1: I have a thought. There okay, were
2: no, there were no cell
1: phones then.
2: Okay, we should remember this. This is before cell phones. So, there was no <laughs> well, way for Brandon no no, to. Oh, well, whoa, well, Remember, I got balled oh, out the car phone. by having that giant car phone. Oh, yeah, the car that, phone that Jenny had in her BMW. Dan oh, yeah. McDermott screamed at me, How can you have a car phone? Nobody has car phones. Well, that was two seasons before. So, somebody, you know, there were. Yeah, yeah a there few were, more. but, but, but Brandon didn't have. Brendan. And and not, not this many. It wasn't uh, like Italy, where everybody. I mean, had yeah, breaking the window
1: is kind of like, Ugh, you know, but it feels a little bit, little bit unearned moment. But um, yeah, that's the only thing I was going to say. You didn't really have that instant communication where you could verify that no one's there.
0: But I just uh, like to check point too. Like, yeah, was right. that gift so important? You know, it wasn't anything that was going to hinder the party. If there was something that they needed for the party, what was the you, gift? I think it's just a picture—a picture of everybody. I think it's a, you know, a picture. So it was not needed in any way.
2: Yeah, but it was made out of ice, so if they didn't (laughs) get exactly right, Chuck was right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Chuck was right uh, that this was done for promo purposes.
2: I mean, having said, said it, that? I mean, I we we came up with it. Chances are, you and I or the Washermans I said the we're going to do it this
1: chip way. The, yeah, it just and, seems like
0: yeah. I also add a character of Brandon to break the window open to go in and get a gift. I feel like Brandon is smart enough to, you know, go back to the house, call Dylan and say, "Hey, man, when you come to the party, can you please bring the the gift that's inside your house? I just saw it there. I stopped by and I couldn't get there." Well, or Go to a payphone, maybe down the street, and, and make that same call. You know, having said that, the conversation and the thing that does ensue from the incident is a really great moment between the two characters and sort of, you know, has this conversation about how far Dylan's going with the guns. So what do you think about the second part of it, the dialogue between the two of them?
1: Well, I like it. I, you know, I mean, I think that that's strong. I was just thinking, it was fleshy. but we probably have to do a story slam to justify it. That <laughs> like, there was also an ice sculpture. You know, there's a little, there's a little hidden episode within there. while Brandon's driving there. And, uh, but uh, if you don't have a gift, Mr. <laughs> Brandon, the, oh, the occasional gaps we made, <laughs> we need yeah, to repair yeah. them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Brandon. Brandon Brenda the says to continue.
0: Brandon,
2: "If you remember when you didn't bring the gift." Grandparents' party, and we went <laughs> there. Exactly.
0: That's when I decided exactly. to, to say yes to Stuart because of this. And, of
1: and also, it's like a Jack story. I drive, Ben is driving over town. Dylan won't be there. I won't have the thing there. This won't
2: happen there. So, okay, I got it. If break it. he's just <laughs> this could be, this could be that. like okay. a Jack Let's story. Go. Not
1: much else makes too much sense on
2: that one. But what
0: do you think uh, of Dylan and Brandon's conversation, Chuck, that they had about him being out of control? And what I love about the two actors is they have these real brotherly bond sort of moments. And that's why I think even when he leaves later in season six, when Dylan leaves, it's all of this stuff, all of these moments. uh, You know, they're very powerful. People... They forget about the fact that Brandon broke in, but they think about the conversation that, they're, that they have there together. So what did you think about the scene in well, the dialogue? I
2: think that they too forgot it. What, what quickly took over for Dylan was the rea- re- realization that whether Brandon was right or wrong, he almost killed him. And I That's think right. that when Brandon says, why don't you just have an alarm system? Uh, that is something like, yeah, get the alarm system... And the gun, maybe, but at least with the alarm system, yeah. Um, which, which was so. Um, but to me, it was looking at it right now. At least the false premise nature of it is is it, it overwhelms for me. Looking at it right now, whatever um, pop therapy or, 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 or social. Justice conversation one would have at that moment.
1: What show is that? That was twenty years
2: ago today. That's what that was. Yes, and, all, uh, and and, and yeah, you know the Wasserman's wrote was that one. So. I was going to say and that's a wa- that's yeah. a
0: Wasserman line. Yeah.
2: Steve, no offense, dumb. Jessica, but you know it's true. Steve would have broken the window. <laughs>
1: that's very true. <laughs> In my that's opinion, I say normal. That's right. <laughs>
2: uh, I would
0: be, be curious to just to get Jessica's, I mean, I know this is silly, but should I, I would be curious just to email her and ask her, why did that happen? Why, what, what, why did he break? The, oh, and I know
2: she's been thinking about it uh, <laughs> almost daily since the last 25 years, so she'll have a ready answer for you there, Pete. I,
0: I will tell you, though, I did email Jessica recently <laughs> because, as you remember in the Super Show, she told us that Steve Wasserman wrote lyrics to the 90210 theme, and she sent me those lyrics. So I have the, the lyrics that Steve Wasserman wrote. So she's, she's a fountain of information. I lo- We love Jessica here, and I hope she's doing well. Um, I just had to know what the lyrics were. Have cause... you ever
2: sung the lyrics?
0: No, I haven't, but Jessica did on, in the Super Show, which was-
1: Driving to uh, something or other in Steve's Porsche, he sang me the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. cringed, I cringed. Oh, but but me me let
0: me just tell you guys that how far that the Wassermans went with this, this lyric thing they actually got um, John Davis to record a singer and record the lyrics, the vocal to this. And so John Davis, who will not return my emails anymore for whatever reason, has the recording of the female singer. Uh, I think it was a female singer with the with the Wasserman Klein lyrics. So one day we will unearth those. We unearthed dailies. We will unearth the the, the lyric version of the 90210 theme here on this podcast, I'm sure. All right, let's talk about some of the other things that are happening in the in the world of Naruto at this point, um, because the gun thing I think we've covered and pretty and we went to the next episode to cover it. Um, we see the debut of Cress Williams, uh, and I have that scene, but we have the whole setup there with another person that won't come on the podcast, uh, Scott Paulson. Uh, Paulin, yeah, uh, he he's he's been brought here professor randall he wants him to tutor him and chuck Chuck, you were talking about there's a couple things to talk about there's the mendoza line we'll get to that in a second but chuck you had this experience of uh tutoring someone right this is where that comes from
2: yes indeedy uh university wisconsin 1970 i did real well in a sociology class it was the easiest class i took at both universities uh it was by taking you know cumulative quizzes and um, I don't know, you. You, there were like eight different ones, and if you got past six of them, or seven, you got an A. And, um, and so when the first, I, I got an A really early on, and I, as um, told Pete, I always made it a point of going to see my professors, just like Brandon did, because I felt that they were the ones I was paying money for. They were the ones, they were the scholars. And, um, and I had made some, had really interesting conversations uh, because of them. And then if you if you go to see your professor, then you can go back later in the term or after the class, after finals. If you don't like your grade, at least you'll know who you are you know that you at least had enough interest to show up. I only did that one time. Uh came back and talked about a grade after that. But uh but I always like seeing the professors. Um and uh and when I was there, uh we ta- we were talking about how bad um uh I remember this we uh, uh, Madison Wisconsin became a a, a real credible football program in the last 20 years. But when I was there, they were the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. And so I was talking to the professor about about the football team and that I go to games and no one's there, et cetera, et cetera. And because there was sports in the conversation, he brought up I have an athlete I have a student athlete who could use some help. And that's how that came yeah.
0: to the other thing is the Mendoza line, and that's a Larry thing that you added the Mendoza line into yeah. the into. Which I always love that you oh, did that. But, yeah,
1: yeah, I just you know because we're all baseball fans. Just a chance of you know we had this character we built for uh, for Professor Randall. It was kind of a sports obsessed nut, and it kind of gave him a nice. Uh, Thick character really well, Pete
2: attractive. will tell you as soon as he said, Well, Larry wrote this episode. went, oh, is this the one with the Mendoza line? Can yeah. Larry write a baseball story and not have a Mendoza line? Yes, <laughs>
1: Pretty obscure, uh, the Mendoza line, but yeah, as I've well, been following research, this Mario Mendoza had batted for his first careers 200, you know,
2: you know, the um, when I, I did the- uh, our family honor, yep. the uh, the lotion. Totally. Lus- I met Peter Lefcourt in that script he too hadn't been toasted oh, so yours was actually the second but you could see how Peter would be oh, doing your yeah, one too you know it was cool
0: but he, I do he, like professor Randall and I like the character I like what you wrote for him and who he was and um, you know we're obviously gonna see the Lucinda stuff but um the the Cress Williams I'm gonna show this <laughs> with Cress Williams and how Brandon meets Cress Williams here uh, at the basketball and we'll talk about Cress's Basketball skills.
2: Hey, either one of you guys to Sean Hardell? Who's that? Brandon Walsh. Professor Randall told me I could meet him here.
1: Oh, yeah, man, you're my tutor. That's me.
2: Sweet. How much are they paying you? Not as much as they're paying you. <laughs> That's cold. And I could have had a lot better deal
0: at Arizona State, you understand? But it was a numbers thing, and I was man out. So now. I'm a condor get Hey, on, right man.
2: on the glass Hardell Hey, call me Deshaun, cut Deshaun, we gotta hit the books, man Randall wants us to jump right in and get ready for Monday's class But don't hold the ball Shoot it Come on, man We got studying to do
0: Only if you
1: can make that shot I'll take my tutor. Think
2: there back. There you go. Come on now. Come on, uh-oh, uh-oh. All right. oh
1: Not one play. Not one continuous Not play. even that one we had to cut, cut away.
2: Everything. We, we lowered the basket and we <laughs> really? put it right there and he still he had to cut away.
0: All right, away. so Larry, let's walk so Jason through a few was things on. To. Jason was Jason, No, Jason definitely was making yeah, baskets.
1: I was there for that shooting. Chuck sent me up to uh, Occidental College to kind of supervise that and I discovered like pretty quickly, oh my God, he doesn't really have any basketball skills at all. Though he looks fantastic. He and looks he amazing. He does a great job and we love Chris. He's an important part of the series and we wish he would come on. But as a basketball player, it if you know, he just it didn't have it. So yeah, everything is edited there. It's interesting. You not know, one not one of the shots that he Well
0: takes. Chuck, you talked about it during the watch along, so you didn't say it here, but like you can tell when something like that is done because you know we keep cutting to the cutting to the basket, right? Yeah.
2: That's exactly right. And when I wrote my basketball script um, a few years ago called Only in Indiana, and the point was was to have a basketball phenom, I put in all caps, we never cut away from him shooting the ball. In other words, find me the Ray Allen, as in he got game, find me that next kid. and, and, And let's build a series around that kind of quality athlete. Yeah. Well, um,
0: Larry, it's interesting to you for you too because you were you were newer to nine hundred two one zero, right? This was you, your first season. This is episode seven, eight, whatever. And uh, you know, you get to you get to set. You got this great actor, Chris Williams is a phenomenal actor, and there you go. And he cannot shoot a basketball.
1: Well, you just you know you got to be able to edit. So you just got to get enough footage there. You just want him to, to to look good and be loose and stuff. And and he was. And he had you know you know like. I co- you know, there's all he's got the dialogue, and he's you know she's, he's making it all seem very authentic. So I mean,
2: And he he was able to pick up the bounce pass.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many takes he could catch the ball. I, I don't remember, but it just you know, it was it was so nice because Jason, I think, hit his like in the first or second take. It was so easy, you know, because
2: Jason was well. When that. I wrote the first basketball uh, episode, one on one in season one, and I made it that you know, trying to find, you know, Jason, you know, the Brandon to go out for the team and make it. And that, you know, Steve being a good enough player to make it. I had no idea if either guy was even athletic at the time. It mm. was like, what a, what a game. I mean, I made a point of trying to make sure that we had a, a good, um, uh, really good baller to play the uh, student who was in question. Was this person really even supposed radio. to be going to beverly Hills uh west excuse me west beverly high mm-hmm. uh, but um you know uh that was fortunately as we know jay and and Ian are terrific athletes
0: yes yeah. Yeah. uh lastly to, well i mean there's also the stuff with with david and uh david in the and the radio station where he's starting to i think this is right before that he started with the, with drugs to stay up and to do all that. So there's that going on. Right. And then there's Andrea and Dan Rubin. So in this, Andrea is, loses her virginity to Dan Rubin. That, that happened in the previous episode. I, and, the, yeah, and now yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, this, I, I really like the way this one was, it seems like a realistic problem. You know, you, can, you can't go public or whatever. And uh, it was a nice integration because uh, she wants to get that advice from Steven and, uh, and Brandon, you know, you just don't go into the water step by step. You cannonball in it. In the end, I thought that was a great payoff. And this was like a really good sea story in an episode. You know, it, had, you know, it was probably, uh, probably had like four beats in it. It was like a perfect, you know, what we would call like a sea story
2: or a teaser, kind of. And it was kind of different. Teaser, a, a runner, it was a runner, it, a runner. it was vastly different than um, what um, the student dynamic was between. Um, teachers and their students. Um, I was saying to Pete that my first quarter in at Berkeley, I knew three girls who were all dating professors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one who was dropping out of school to follow the professor to Buffalo State. Yeah, I mean, I I mean I, that's you're leaving Berkeley for Buffalo. Okay, I, I get it, <laughs> but I don't get it. Uh, he must, but he was French, and so that was a uh, like you know foreign language under the sheet. I'm not quite sure what the motivation, you know, to to change your life so much. But interestingly enough, a teacher that I really venerated was the the cool English teacher uh, who taught you know American uh, the survey of American literature. You know, where you read everything from <clears throat> T. S. Eliot to um, uh, you know, all the way through, you know, Fitzgerald, Hemingway, or whoever. And he, um, that teacher, every semester, or every quarter, we we're on the quarter system, every year had a girlfriend. Yeah, picked one out. Yeah, you I mean, know, because yeah. he was like Paul, and he was kind of a, you know, like a cool guy with the, he, you know, he, and, and you knew he was smart, because he's, you know, teaching that class, and he always had really cute TAs or or teachers so it just was much more so Dan Rubin at that point being even scared to be seen with her I think says more about his oh my god I've rocked the cradle here yeah more than was it that dominant of an issue in the 90s I don't think it was well the thing was
1: we we knew that he was not going to go the distance with Andrea because you know Chuck really did not want her first to be know the guy she marries so i
2: didn't want that at all that's right so so yeah we always have that you
1: know and i think it's really kind of true sometimes your first ends up with someone really doesn't really work out and uh, so i think dan wasn't all in like andrea was but he had to kind of play the game because and of course we had the benefits
2: and excuse me we we did have the mandate for andrea to have sex and have it quickly because this woman was gonna have a, a baby yes yeah. yeah, so we, we were on the clock there actually
1: that's kind of a cute scene in the opening where they're all talking about being virgins and Donna goes yeah well you, you and I have the last virgins <laughs> you see Gabrielle kind of oh she's swallowing her her, her news but uh, yeah I thought that was really good and I like the payoff on it especially I thought it was, you know it's a successful C story
0: and I like the I like the pairing of Matthew and uh Peretta and, and and um and Gabrielle, I mean, it's—he looks
1: good with his, with his shirt off. He looks very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some really nice stuff, and even the kiss in the—I know uh, you're all about the kiss, Larry. The kiss in the in the in the center of campus. What did you think of the kiss between uh, Andrea and and Dan Rubin?
1: I loved it. I loved that. I, th- I thought that was really a great—you know—just a good moment, just a good moment for 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 Gabrielle, the actress, and a good moment for the character to kind of really be full out with what she's doing and kind of really uh, push the guy into that situation. I forget how many episodes later they break up. But it's probably pretty quickly.
0: Well, she right. meets Jesse neck, the neck, very
1: next At the party. Yeah. No, so was right. the
2: one after that one that they, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, I'm not the connoisseur of kissing. That's Larry. Larry's got that. He, he, but, but I did notice this, that, that for that kiss to work, uh, Dan was so much taller than Andrea that he had to actually be the one to put it together. It would not; she couldn't reach up yeah, and bring him true, down. True he had to go down and be part of that too. So it was he was more complicit in the kiss than. Uh, and I thought that just took me out of the emotional reality.
0: <laughs> I love it. I think we. I think we've covered all the things in this episode. We've covered the guns. We covered. Mel and Jackie and that drama that's causing problems. Um, so this- and, we,
2: and we covered my favorite part of the shows, which was always the end credit. Which <laughs> we don't talk about very much, but there it was. And, um, and I will never forget Karen and I being in Italy in Lake Como turning on the TV, and there is 90210. It gets to the end, and they immediately cut to a commercial. What are you doing? What are you doing, you Italians? Oh, yeah. Hey, shout out to
1: our Italian fans. They're really strong. Our Our, our Israeli fans and our Italian fans are really active. Yes, you
2: just show. got invited to a new group. I'm sure you did too, Lair. didn't you? A new Italian. I accepted it. I accepted it. I accepted it too. Yeah. I forget what it's called, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I,
1: actually, I was on... Uh, I got an odd like message. Could you come on Zoom with Israel? So I came on, like, you know, because I was just sitting in my office. I came on and said hi to everybody. It was, I was only on for about a couple minutes. But it was a couple of people from the uh, planet 90210. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, the minute we said hi, wherever there was a language problem after that. Couldn't go too much further. Yeah. But, uh, but it was nice to see their faces. I guess they all were getting together physically. It was a physical gathering of the group together. The first one. There, there's
0: them. one Italian fan, Anna. Anna, gentle, gentil, yeah. gentilly, yeah. yeah. gentilly, she will make collages of Claire for me, I, I and 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 uh, tag me in them every like once a week. It's, it's the coolest thing that happens. I get the, a Claire picture and I get tagged in it, and then I usually send it to to Kathleen and see what she thinks of it. So, uh, yeah, it's they're really great. I love I love our Italian fans. They're they're just super supportive of this show, and also the nine hundred two one zero omg uh podcast with jenny and tori there they they constantly do the translations for their group that's a lot of work and i can't say how much i appreciate you guys doing all that stuff so that this information from our podcast gets out there so um much much love to the fans and it was great to meet Kristen and, and kelly parker larry sorry that you didn't get to see them will you see any fans you're going to new york i know
1: yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll put the call out. Maybe maybe uh, we'll see who will come by. I'm going to just uh, set up shop on the Upper West Side and people just come by. I've got a bunch of friends I'm going to try to see all in one day, like stay in one place. Oh, I think Larry's got to go to a ten coffee ten shop, times.
0: right? You're going to a coffee shop and yeah, just coffee shop schedule, on schedule meetings. All
1: day long, exactly right. Yeah, yeah like a casting home call home home in a way. You should go
2: home. to the one on the West Side where uh, they did Seinfeld. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, I'm looking for yeah something close to the hotel. I flipped at a couple there. I've already checked out. But That's yeah, nice. that should be fun. Yeah, a couple of weeks, I'm gonna go to
2: New York.
0: All right, guys, this has been great. Good catching up with you both, um, and I'm looking forward to that Dodger game. Mm. Chuck, right? Yes, yeah, so that that will be a blast. You're,
2: you're, you're still Dodger. in there, you know. I'm my, checking. <laughs> you know, just, just. My 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 family is uh, like you invited him already. What what what? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <no. laughs> you well, know, Phil Savin dropped four tickets on me. He can't go. He's been and Phil sits in the second row on the third base side. So, oh, it's the Mets it's, it's the Mets really, and the Dodgers,
0: so that's Mets really That's Saturday night.
2: It should be a uh, really great I mean And you know what you know what's great uh Lair, is that that night for um uh bobblehead they're giving away a bobblehead. It's Gil Hodges. Oh, oh
0: that's oh, a nice yeah. shared experience for us. First
2: for yeah. right? <laughs> Dodgers, my my dad loved him. Yeah, well I love Gil Hodges too and I can actually say I saw Gil Hodges lose the World Series to the victorious Oakland A's in the East Bay right. of San Francisco in when well, 1973, I think it That's was. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was and I went there with my friend Philip. We bought seats the day of the World Series. The World Series was not sold out. It was in Oakland, for God's sakes. And there were more fans for the Mets than the A's. A's won.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see which bullpen blows it first on Saturday. That's- <laughs> uh,
1: my team's not even 500, so I got to still waste. Hey, it. By the hey, way,
0: our, our, both of our teams are talking to your team about what players we can we can exactly, take. Exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> we'll be yeah. sellers, not buyers.
2: You, you know, so- you don't need a bullpen. The last two games I've seen your scores 10 right. nothing. I know. 10-0. That's been great. God, God, but you that? you know, yeah. But we're the Nationals. Yeah, but you own them. Whoa. Yeah, and it's been
0: crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good talking to you guys. Uh, catch up soon, and we'll be back for more nine hundred two and show. It's uh, coming soon. All right. See you bye later. Bye. Later, guys.